Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast production. Switching things up a little bit today. Usually it's Grant Cohn's day right now, but Grant's got to rearrange the schedule due to 49ers practice. So you're stuck with the wet blanket, Levin Black. I apologize in advance. It's going to be a little bit lower energy than a normal one. (laughs) Just a bit. But, you know, look, I'm going to be fired up today already because we have had one. That's hard to imagine, Rob. I know we've had one press conference already and the 49ers media, of course, stinks. And so I've got issues and we're going to get into that and uh, we'll take your questions and comments as always and uh, bring that on. And please rate, review, follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. This one comes from Nick4983. Five stars for production. Your show entertains me, infuriates me, hypes me up, and saddens me. It hits all the emotions needed as a 49er fan. Michelle kills me. Levin is awesome, and the contributions from the rest of the team are appreciated. Mimosas for everyone, and for the one, and for the love of God, please let Shani win a Super Bowl so Grant and Michelle can stop doubting he is the right man for the job. This is the part where you talk. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that might be the most complete positive review we've ever had. Please, please keep the reviews coming. They help us. If you want to support the show, leave a review. That's the best thing you can do because it helps us move up the charts. It helps people discover us. And of course, football season coming. We want discoverability. So John, I got Shoup- a question. Is that is that a real thing before we get off that uh, review? Michelle has a reputation for not thinking Shanahan is the guy uh she, she's got some issues with kyle as we all do yeah i think all of us have i haven't ever heard it as well she's not sold on Shanahan. it's just that she really doesn't like his ego and some of the stuff he does in games uh john shoot watching on youtube finally a level-headed levin episode he does a show every week what do you mean finally a level like probably live during the day is what yeah we're switching on that Jedi says stats on fire. Yes, I am. And Jason PDSI, I left a review on Podcast Attic, y'all. Leave one on iTunes as well, if you could, although we do appreciate any review you leave anywhere. Let's get into it, Levin, because Lynch and Shanahan had their podcast or their <laughs> their show, their press conference yesterday. And then Kyle Shanahan talked to Tim Kawakami of The Athletic for the TK Show podcast. And he had a bunch of stuff to say. We'll play some audio from both. 
obviously the big headline is Brock Purdy is back essentially. And the weird thing was like, they kept saying Brock has no restrictions and then immediately named a restriction they have for him. So he has almost no restrictions. They will not let him throw three days in a row. But other than that, he is cleared to go on July 26th. Yeah. See, I, I tweeted about that. I think that's a little bit of almost like a semantics thing. Does he have restrictions in terms of what he can do in practice? No, he's going to be able to do everything there is in practice. They're just going to take it slow and give him every third day off. Why? Because they don't want to trade Lance arm fatigue situation because he hasn't been able to use the arm for months. You know, he's still building up that strength probably. So they don't want him taking all these reps three days in a row. They want to make sure that his arm doesn't get fatigued by going too quick. You know, there'll be a time when he can be a full, full go and not have to sit out, but why rush that? So to me, it's like some people take that as, oh, that's a restriction. No, that's a precaution. He's capable of doing everything. And that's how Lynch meant it, that he's going to make every throw. He's not going to be like, oh, we're not going to throw a deep ball. You know, he's not going to have to throw the ball over 40 yards. We won't call any of that practice. No, he's going to have every single throw in his arsenal. The 49ers are putting the restriction on Brock, not the doctors. And I think that's sort of where the ambiguity comes, but it is still a restriction. But even that, Kyle said, probably that'll get lifted after a couple of weeks, two or three weeks. So, I mean, really, that's that's going away. He, I mean, he is it is as good a report as they possibly could have hoped for on Brock yeah. Purdy. And I just wrote something for our website, goldstandardniners.com. The Niners have gotten incredibly lucky when it came to all of this stuff since the NFC championship game. They were lucky that Brock's UCL was not completely destroyed and that they were able to repair it rather than replace it because the replacement is the Tommy John. He would have been out for the year. They're lucky that this brand new surgery now exists. It's younger than Venmo for God's sakes. (laughs) Only two other quarterbacks have ever had it. And they're lucky that the surgery exists. And they're lucky that Brock didn't have any infections or complications from surgery and rehab. And we take that stuff as a given, but it's not a given. Hell, Trey Lance had to have a second surgery on his ankle. So, like, all this stuff had to go right for the 49ers. And luckily for them and for us, it has so far. Yeah, so first off, it's a good thing. So let's not misconstrue that. It is a good thing Brock is back. You know, nobody should be sitting here going, saying they're disappointed because they wanted to see what Trey Lance can do. No, the most important thing is getting all of your quarterbacks healthy and it's going to be what it's going to be. You know, you don't sit here and go, well, I hope this guy's injured for a little bit longer just so this other guy can have an opportunity. No, we're, it, it's a good thing Brock is healthy. That That's the number one thing. And the second thing is, is we're not quite out of the woods yet. So I'm not taking a full victory lap. You know, I'm, I might be starting my victory lap, but I'm still walking. I'm, I'm not running <laughs> for the finish line yet. You know, we'll he, see what happens when he actually has these practices. And, he, he you know, what happens? He's not going to get hit, but you know how it is. It's, there's going to be some contact. It's not like he's going to get lit up or anything, but he's going to have to be throwing a lot more frequently, I'm guessing, than what he's been doing. And it's going to be just a different, different thing. You know, when you're doing a private workout versus when you're doing practice, it there's a difference there. And I don't think we're 100% out of the woods just yet. Here is John Lynch from the press conference yesterday. Brock's cleared and, and ready to go. Um, uh, he's, he's, he's been cleared. He's uh, going to be without restrictions. Now, having said that, we're sticking and we're adhering to a, a plan that's been put in place for, for some time. And um, 
he got after it the last couple of days. We upped his pitch count, so it was kind of the peak of the buildup. And so he'll, he'll take off uh, day one. And uh, but you know we believe in that plan. So he's cleared without restriction. There will be some time off, you know, due to due to pitch count and all that. Sticking to the plan. But the great news is Brock has worked his tail off and and he's ready to go. So that was John Lynch. I agree with you. Like all the news has been good to this point, but we haven't reached the finish line yet. We don't know what Brock is going to look like. We don't know if he's lost any arm strength. I know that the 49ers themselves tried to address that in the press conference yesterday. Uh, Shanahan said, we don't think he has. Lynch said, according to the GPS wearables, that he hasn't. Um, we, okay. don't, we don't know what's going to happen here either. I mean, and you're he, pointing he was to still head. a rook. Yeah, sorry. Uh, some people listen to the podcast. But uh, <laughs> uh, there's going to be a mental aspect to this that, Maybe it's nothing. Maybe he goes right through it, which he does seem to have quite a bit of moxie and confidence like that. But there is the possibility that not having the entire offseason is going to put him behind in terms of development. You know, he talked about it himself that he got away from what worked early on when he started trying to ad lib a little bit more and going away from what just being a machine and doing what the system says to do. What if that? reared its head more because he's been away and he starts pressing because he knows Trey Lance is there. Sam Darnold is there. You know, th- there's a mental aspect here to have, having missed an entire off season that could end up rearing its head. I certainly hope not, but that's another thing that we could see as it gets through these practices and reports are coming out and we see in preseason, maybe we see in the regular season at, you know, in the first couple of games, maybe mentally he lost something there, lost some confidence you know, what if he gets happy feet like Jimmy Garoppolo did after his first injury? You know, there's a lot of things here awesome. that could still rear their head that aren't even related directly to is he healthy? And that's something that we're only going to find out when he gets on the field. And that brings us to the first of many of my issues with the 49ers press corps yesterday, who once again, just absolutely dropped the ball. I mean, they're terrible when it comes to asking questions first question that should have been asked is Brock Purdy therefore since he's fully cleared is he going to play in the preseason at all maybe not in the first preseason game against the Raiders but what about the other two games how could this not have been asked once we found out that oh my god he's ahead of schedule he looks good his arm strength is going to be good okay then is he going to play in the preseason and if so how much but stunner nobody even asked it there's one question that everybody has wondered the entire offseason, and yesterday was the time to ask it. And that is, assuming Brock Brock Purdy is fully healthy, he gets these practices, he has no setbacks, is he guaranteed to be the week one starter? Make Kyle commit to him. If Kyle says, well, we'll have to see, then you know, well, at least there's some crack to that door. The door's not fully shut to the others. But they never ask it. How the heck do you not ask? If Brock Purdy is guaranteed to be the starter, the number one question every single person has about the 49ers is who is the starter? Right. And they've said leader in the clubhouse. They've said it'll be hard for for commands. Like they've, they've hinted at it. They're circling it, but they never say it in part because they never get really drilled down on. They never get forced to say it. They never get directly and simply asked these questions. And you could sit there and say, well, he's never going to answer it and all that crap. But you have to give him the opportunity 
to answer it. And anything that he says in response gives us information. And that's what we want. We want information from these people. And the 49ers press corps, they just come and check the box. They just, oh, okay, ask a quarterback question. For example, and this is something that Vish Kumaran, who hosts with me on Mondays, tweeted about, and I totally agree. We are just glossing over the fact that they have benched and possibly made third string the third overall pick in the draft from 2021 after four or 3.1 starts, really. they No one asked about that. No one asked if you love Trey Lance so much that you were going to give him the job in 2021 and you still say you love him, why the hell is he competing with anybody, let alone Sam freaking Darnold, for the backup quarterback spot? How has that never been addressed, even asked one time? But nope, I guess they didn't have another opportunity to ask him. Yeah, the follow-up to that is how how is it best for Trey Lance's development, as inexperienced as he is, to be splitting second-string reps? <laughs> Wouldn't he benefit from having all of the reps that he can possibly get? Like, that's the question. Does Trey Lance – is the best thing for Trey Lance for him to get as many reps as possible in practice? Just to ask that. And if Kyle sh- says, yeah, the more reps you get, the better you can develop and the better we we get to see you and know what you're capable of, then you follow that up with, then why would he be splitting with Sam Darnold if you still believe in Trey Lance? I agree. And that absolutely needs to be asked because they're the ones that keep telling you that they believe in Trey Lance. Matt Mayoko or somebody said, they, oh, they love him now more than they ever have. Well, then these questions have to be asked. They have to be asked. Asked if you want to do the job and if you want to do the job. Yeah, and well, if you have a full one-on-one sit-down with Kyle Shannon, guess what, TK? You had plenty of opportunity to ask. <laughs> so your little excuse that you put in there that, oh, we, we didn't really have time after Brock Purdy took over to ask some of these uh, bigger questions. Uh, well, you just had a one-on-one and he didn't ask any of them. So I guess we know what the athletic is right now. And that's yeah. what we are. Yeah, the athletic, uh, I mean, who was it? Bob Kravitz, the former Colts beat writer, was trashing the athletic. He used to work for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cracks are starting to show. Let's just say that. And for people that don't know what I'm working out, uh, talking about, I'm going to try and throw it up on the screen really quickly if you're watching on YouTube. Kyle Kami did a sit-down with Kyle Shanahan, and he wrote it up. And in his little notes section, he said, quote, the Purdy revelation happened so fast and so late last season that we didn't really get much of a chance to ask Shanahan back then exactly what he saw in Purdy in last year's OTAs in camp to give the seventh round pick a roster spot. You didn't have the chance. Tim, you had eight weeks of media sessions with Kyle Shanahan where he had multiple press conferences per week and you didn't get a chance to ask the most basic freaking question about the most important player on the team. Like give me a, you also had the exit interviews and all stuff like that. Like where you been? It's, it's comical with this team, but that's where they are. They're just, okay. He mentioned Brock. Good. Uh, we'll ask one question about, I mean, if it wasn't for Grant Cohn, nobody else would have even asked about Trey Lance for the love of God. It's unbelievable, man. I, first press conference of the year. They had all this time to think about what they wanted to ask and they just absolutely dropped the ball. I guess I shouldn't be surprised at this point. I find it frustrating. It's a weird position for me personally, just because I used to be a reporter, obviously not at the NFL level, but I do know like, there's a balance and there's a certain tact you have to hold and you have to be able to read people extremely well because you have to know when when pushing something when are you going to be crossing that line and you got to go to that line but not cross it because if you cross it it's a 
you know, that that coach, player, whatever, will never give you an answer again. They they will clam up every single time you ask. And that that that's a skill. My issue with the 49ers press corps is they don't push that line ever. They never get on the field to find a line at all. They purposely ask cupcake questions to just get the most basic bare minimum. They don't dig at all. When's the last time we saw a like exclusive inner what we would call enterprise story in the industry where somebody found out something that that was you know controversial or whatever right. that the team they, didn't want to look there there's none of that that never happens no never and if it does it's all from national guys it's not yeah. from the local guys it's the national guys saying sam donald's going to be qb2 which yeah. florio has said that rapaport has said that other people have reported it as well former or analysts at other places have all said that. So yeah, that's the frustrating thing. Now let's get to Kyle Shanahan with Tim Kawakami because he did a podcast on the athletic and you can tell when you listen to how Kyle speaks about Brock Purdy and the inflection that he puts in his voice Mm -hmm. when he talks about Brock, that he is all in on Brock Purdy and that the other quarterbacks on the team are just other guys and case in point, Here's Kyle talking about Brock and then about what Trey and Sam can do now that Brock is back. I know how good he played. And I think anybody who really sits and watches it, whether it's our teammates, whether our coaches, I mean, it was strong in the season, but it got stronger in the offseason. It's because what he put on tape was was real. And that's what makes it easy, the situation we're in. Now, Trey and Sam, they have the ability to do that stuff. It is harder for them to do it in practice and to jump a guy who we've seen do it in seven games like that. that that's the harder situation. It's a sad situation I'm happy about, though. Now, maybe he has a setback. Maybe he's rusty and stuff and because of his injury and stuff. I don't know. I don't think he will be. I think he'll get back to that point. And then these other guys can play, too. These other guys, the third overall pick from 2019, they can play, too. Well, first impression is, was that like a Batman impression by Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the real takeaway there is uh, it, it's Brock's job. There oh. is zero door open, you know, and that's different from what was it three days ago that somebody pulled an old thing from minicamp about Kyle talking about how there's a chance that somebody else could take the job. Yeah, uh, we can call bullshit on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't there, know. There is they- no chance. It is Purdy's spot, and the question is. How long does he get it if he's struggling? I don't understand why the 49ers themselves are the ones that they tweeted that out and had an article on the webpage with that quote in it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what are you doing? This is a month old. So that was very, very strange, especially now knowing what we know about and what good a shape Brock was in. Just really weird to just throw that out there. Um, but yeah, that's what I took from the TK show podcast as well, that it's Brock's team. They believe in Brock. They believe in him more now than they did even during the season last year because Kyle has re-watched all the film yep. and he's come away thinking, hey, this is the guy, we've got our guy, and the other two are just there in case something happens to 13. Right, and that's the big thing there is that Brock's has got this team and the only way he's losing it is, I wouldn't even say that he takes a step back. The team has to be losing. And the likelihood of this team losing with the schedule they have early on isn't very likely. So there's almost no shot anybody else is getting it unless there is an injury setback. 
which nobody wants to see. Well, you say that about the schedule, but we know the 49ers start slow. I just threw it up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. The Steelers game could go either way. You should beat the Rams. You should beat the Giants. You should beat the Cardinals. But this team lost to the worst team in the league last year in week one. And I get it. It was raining. But the point remains, they have not been good early in the year. So while we might think they have a soft landing early on, it hasn't always played out that way. I mean, with that schedule, the worst they should be is two and two. I don't think you're pulling Brock, even if he's struggling, you know, say they're two and two and Brock only has like four touchdowns and six interceptions. I don't think he's pulled yet. I think the earliest you would see him get benched and he would have to be really bad is after that Cowboys game. That's a primetime game. If they have been struggling and they're two and three or worse at that point and Brock is turning the ball over a bunch, I think at that point, that's the earliest you could see them pull the trigger. And even then, I think it's highly doubtful. I think you're looking at the bye week, which is eight games. I think Brock, unless it's just complete abysmal play, Brock has a half season at minimum. Yeah, I agree. It's absolutely tied to team performance because if it wasn't, Jimmy would have been benched at some point because we all, everyone can see he was making it more difficult for the team to win. But Kyle was like, Hey, we're winning. We're good. Um, The other thing I took away from the Kawakami podcast is Kyle talks about how when he's calling plays, he calls plays to quote, win the game. And he's talked about essentially when he was an offensive coordinator, he called plays to score points. That's all he cared about was just more points, more points, more points. Now Kyle says, Oh, that's one of the areas where I've improved is that I don't do that. Now I call plays to win the game to me. It's, it's not where he's improved. It's where he's gotten worse. He thinks he's being smarter and he's actually outthinking himself because he calls plays to be conservative, to try not to lose. He might say he's calling plays to win, but that's not really what he's doing. What he's actually doing is calling plays not to lose. And we have seen throughout NFL history, when you call plays not to lose, you do lose. It's a weird take because what he's doing and what he's saying because we've seen him also talk about how good the defense is and that's why he doesn't go forward and fourth down as much and things like that. He's basically saying as an offensive play caller, Hey, I don't need to be the one that wins this game. I am going to take myself out of the equation, punt the ball or take the field goal and just have my defense win the game. And that's weird. You don't see that out of offensive play callers very often where they're literally saying, I don't want to be the one that decides this. I'm going to have it on the defense's shoulders. I think he got scarred from what happened in the Super Bowl when he called plays to just try and continually score points and it, they didn't work and the Patriots came back and won. And he, he even said in that play callers podcast, you have to guard against your own personality, protect yourself from yourself. And I think that that's a result of that. I think that he never doesn't want to ever do that again. And it's stunning to me that he doesn't realize that he's actually making it harder for his team to win the game. I, a lot of coaches seem to be like this. It's crazy. I don't get it. Even in the Super Bowl, you saw what the Eagles, they had a fourth down early or in the uh, second half of that game. I can't remember if it was late third or fourth quarter. And the Eagles, who had been hyper aggressive in going for it all year long, punted the ball. Chiefs got it back, scored, and that was it. They never looked back. Like, these coaches got to learn but that is not what Kyle, he is telling you already that he's not doing that. He thinks he's, he's being extra smart. And I think it's because of what happened in the Super Bowl. So what do you think about this comment here? 
trade if Brock starts week one, request a trade and move on from the team to a team that will invest in you and actually will support you? Well, here's the thing. First of all, you can request anything you want. We've already had a player much better than Trey Lance request a trade and didn't get him traded anywhere. And number two, just because you request the trade doesn't mean anybody wants you. And I don't think anybody wants Trey Lance right now. That's why I think Matt Mayoko said the joint practices with the Raiders are super important. And that's why I think the plan for the 49ers is tell teams he's healthy, which if you notice, every time they talk about Trey Lance, what do they say? He's healthy now. He's healthy. He's healthy. He's healthy. They want to sell that he's healthy and they want to trade him for the best that they can get. And part of the reason I think you know this is because one, they signed Darnold and two, Kyle keeps talking up Brandon Allen like he's the second coming of Joe Montana. He said how thrilled he was to sign him with Tim Kawakami. He says that yesterday he said that Brandon Allen has earned extra reps. Like, think about that. You want to give Brandon Allen extra reps. So you're willing to take those reps away from Trey Lance. Like, what universe are we sitting in? But that's what they are telling you. So I think it's get Trey healthy, sell teams that he's healthy, have them do good joint practice with the Raiders so you can give teams that film so that they trade for him. I think that's what it is. And then you can say, oh, we wanted to be fair to Trey and he requested a trade. We wanted to be fair to him. So we're letting him go because we believe in Brock. I think that's what they're going to do. I have no clue. All I know is I would not blame Trey Lance whatsoever for wanting out because it's not so much that Purdy is getting the starting gig unquestioned. I think even Trey Lance agrees because we've seen a little bit of him talking about it, that what what Brock Purdy did in games last year is amazing. It's that he has to split the backup reps. So he's not even getting all the reps that he could be getting. He's going right. to get you know a lot less reps than he should be getting. Whereas even if he's traded somewhere else to be the backup and he's not the starter, he would get all the backup reps. So he'd get more reps. He would have more of a chance of developing and being the starter eventually somewhere. So I wouldn't blame him one bit. That's the part that would be infuriating to me that, hey, you know I'm this inexperienced quarterback and you're taking reps away for Sam effing Darnold. Like, <laughs> that's what I don't get. Like, I, I wouldn't blame him at all, but I don't think the Niners will, will be willing to pull the trigger unless they get into the regular season. I don't think they're going to pull any trigger on a Trey Lance trade until they see what Purdy does in games because they want that backup option. They want a, you know, a a second cord on their parachute, so to speak. And I don't see them doing that, but I do see them. If they get into the middle of the season, Brock Purdy is for real. They're confident in in Sam Darnold. I could see them then moving Trey Lance for whatever they could get, because I don't think they would get anything in the off season. Because at that point, the team that's acquiring him gets one year and that's it. Kyle said yesterday during the press conference that the preseason games are going to matter more for the quarterbacks than they normally do. Because if you remember, Kyle had said in the past that he doesn't put as much stock in the preseason games as he does practice because practice is more in your control. So you can dictate what situation the quarterback is in. Okay, it's third and five, two minutes left, whatever. And you can see how he responds in that situation. When you're in the actual preseason game, a lot of that is in your control. So you may not get to see your quarterback in some of the situations that you would like to see him in. So that Kyle, that's why he said he likes practice more than games. But yesterday, when it comes to Lance and and Darnold, he said those preseason games are going to matter a lot, uh, which is awesome for us because then 
more more business coming with the uh, preseason games and more reason to watch and all that stuff. But yeah, like it is very much a competition. They're splitting the reps. It it doesn't make any sense. And I hope that Trey just comes out in that first preseason game against the Raiders and kicks the hell out of them. And then we can just stop all this foolishness. I mean, it's a weird position in terms of being a fan because it's really tough. Like, I want Trey Lance to succeed, but I want the team to win. And if Brock Purdy is the starter, it means I'm rooting for him. So it's this weird position where you're wanting the backup to succeed, and yet you're also wanting the starter to succeed. You know, normally you don't care whatsoever about the backup, and it's, I hope I never see him. But there's a little part part of, at least for me, sitting there going, God, I wish I could just see Trey Lance. But I want Brock Purdy to be the real deal. The most ideal situation is Brock Purdy picks up right where he left off, maybe even improves slightly based on, you know, watching film in the offseason, seeing where he was, you know, weaker or whatever, and he's the true franchise quarterback. That's the most ideal situation, so don't get me wrong. But I, agree. I do feel like a little conflicted on the inside about this quarterback position. Well, I and I get that because I want to be completely honest. I would prefer to see Trey Lance starting. I absolutely would. That's just me. I think that you're betting on upside. I think he has a higher upside than Brock Purdy. I've made that clear, and I'm not going back on that now. But I understand the 49ers thinking, saying, hey, we think Brock looked really good, and we're going with him. I get that, and I will be rooting for Brock Purdy. That's the thing. I'm not anti-Brock Purdy. I'm not hoping he fails because I'm a 49er fan. I want them to win, both personally and professionally, to be quite honest, because when the 49ers win, more of you watch our stuff. Hell, Kyle Juszczyk was just on with Haberman and Mitikoff, and he even said, I only listen to you guys after we win. That's just the reality of the business. I'm not rooting against Brock, but I am rooting for Trey, and why can't I want the team to have the best number two quarterback that they can have, right? So I'm definitely rooting for Trey over Sam Darnold a thousand percent. I can guarantee you one thing. I'm never buying another effing NFL jersey again. Period. (laughs) I didn't buy one for... I think over a decade, I didn't buy one. Yeah, I didn't buy one since, uh, well, 10 years ago, I was in San Francisco. It was 10 years ago last year. I was in San Francisco and I bought the all red Kaepernick jersey. Right. Every single jersey I've bought in the last like 20 years, they've they've been gone in three years. (laughs) I haven't gotten Patrick Willis early retirement. Uh, Alex Smith, I guess he stuck around because I bought it after his rookie year, but like there was there, there was three years I couldn't wear it because he wasn't playing, you know. And then I bought a Kaepernick jersey. He was gone in two years. I bought a Trey Lance jersey last year. I am never, ever buying a jersey again. It is not worth the investment because too many variables come into play. I am so sick of it. I just want a jersey. I used to wear a jersey every single day on game days. And then every Monday after when I was in college, I would be wearing a jersey walking around campus. So I like wearing jerseys, but I'm not spending a hundred plus dollars on a jersey that I don't know if I get more than a year out of. Yeah, you got to switch. So frustrating, pisses me off. Yeah, I'm done. Nick Ellert, YouTube channel member. Shout out to you. Which, by the way, if you want to be a YouTube channel member, it's less than three dollars a month. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response. Uh, Do that if you want to support the show. Also, he says I'm with Levin. Here's where my jersey purchases at one point were. Bowman got cut within a month. Reuben Foster, Jimmy Garoppolo. That is tough. That is absolutely tough. Uh, I bought the Kittle jersey that's hanging up behind me. That's the first jersey I paid for in 
15 years. Uh, the 49ers sent me one when I was working at ESPN. They sent me a Gore jersey, which was awesome. Shout out to Bob Lang. Um, but I haven't – Kittle was the first one just because I, I like him as a football player, but I'm not going to be buying – and certainly not any quarterback one. Hell, they signed Jimmy Garoppolo to the biggest contract in the history of football, and it still wasn't worth having the jersey. So I'm with you. A couple of good comments I want to get to. Ken Miller or Muller – Apologies if I got your name wrong. Says they never actually talk about Trey Lance, the football player. It's always about his character. I agree. They never talk about how he throws the ball. They talk about he's made of the right stuff. We fell in love with him after we traded up to three, you know, getting to know him as a player. The only thing they've said about him from a football perspective is this offseason, Kyle has said his feet look better. That's it. They never talk about his throwing. Right. And what was the first thing he said about Sam Darnold? Oh, he's a great thrower. Yeah, great thrower. So it's not that he doesn't give compliments to their playing ability. Mm -hmm. It's that he doesn't give compliments to Trey Lance's playing <laughs> Just like, yeah, just like Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like. They didn't really compliment him that much. As a, he was always, always a leader. He's such yeah. a good leader. The guys love him. And I like this comment from Sign Me 2 9 on my Twitch page, at Stats on Fire. Kyle Shanahan likes practice more than games, but according to Matt Mayoko, no one can win the job based off of practice alone, that it's Brock Purdy's job because of what he did in actual games. Now it's a little different preseason game to a regular season and a playoff game, but I understand the point. Right. And also like Trey can lose the backup job in practice too. Like it's a, it's a very, very weird situation with the 49ers. It always is. And it continues to be weirder and we won't have any, you know, lockdown, language from the 49ers until the press corps makes them give it yeah and i i did forget one one part of that tk interview that i thought was somewhat interesting and i think it might speak to the ptsd that has developed with kyle shanahan and keeping his quarterbacks healthy he talked about how excited he was to get sam darnold so quick and it was because at the current situation trey lance hadn't been cleared just yet they mm -hmm. weren't 100 sure what he was going to be and Brock Purdy had his surgery delayed, so he was a little concerned about whether or not Brock Purdy would get back. So that kind of gave a little bit of light into why they went out and got Sam Darnold as quickly as possible as they could. And I think it's because if you saw Kyle Shanahan at that time, he was probably probably panicking, saying, I got two injured quarterbacks. I got nobody that I could trust to be a starter or, or at least have a chance to be a starter and keep the Super Bowl window going. And so he panicked and went out and got Sam Darnold, which – at this point, looks kind of pointless if you're really keeping Trey Lance. Well, two things there. One, okay, but then why not say, hey, we signed Sam when we didn't know what, what was happening. Lance is the number two. And also, like, right. you panicked, and so you thought that Sam Darnold was your life preserver? You thought that that guy was going to be the guy that could save you. The guy that's a human turnover machine. You think that's the guy that could save your season if Purdy and Lance weren't there? Like I wouldn't say he's the life preserver. Brock Purdy is the boat. Trey Lance is the life preserver. And Sam Darnold's the log floating because you have nothing better and you're desperate to find something. But there was something better out there. He wasn't the only guy that was available. Gardner Minshew was sitting out there in free agency. Hell, a lot of players. Teddy Bridgewater is still a free agent, I think. Like, there were a ton of better options out there than Sam Darnold. Not Mr. 90 combined interceptions and fumbles in 56 career games. Hey, I don't disagree with you. It does explain why he got the incentive-laden deal, though. Because at right. the time, Kyle thought he might have to play because I got two injured quarterbacks. And I kind of get that, but like... 
again, you didn't have to rush out and sign that guy. But I think they are misevaluating that position. I really, really do. Shocker. I know. Uh, Bryant Culp says Sam Darnold will shock the world. He would have to shock me at this point because everything that we've seen is bad. Like what? Now he's going to be really good. And also, like, why does it take a you need to sign a guy that needs a wizard play caller and a roster full of stars? Now he's going to be good. If you need that, just sign a better quarterback. And he still gets the benefit of all that other stuff. So none of it makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, it is it is weird. The only the only way that Sam Darnold could shock is if he's the surprise cut because they want to hold on to Brandon Allen. Because they do save like $2.2 million by. Uh-oh. Did we lose 11? Look at that face. That's a perfect face for it to be frozen. Okay, he's back. I was going to say, I can hear you the whole time, so I don't know what that's about. Oh, well. I was just saying, this? like, they do save money by cutting Sam Darnold. So, like, that that's the only way I'm going to be surprised on anything concerning Sam Darnold. John Coster says you look like a shitty version of Roger Goodell. I don't even know what to say to that. I saw that when he put it in there. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have to find a moment to get this in the show for sure. Look, if they cut Sam, I would be totally fine with that. I would love it, frankly, because it would be admitting it would be them admitting that they were wrong, that, you know what? This guy does stink. And we thought that we could hand wave away all his mistakes and we were wrong. But uh, we'll see if they actually do that. What happens with Brandon Allen? Um, Kyle was pretty honest in the conversation with Tim Kawakami about Brock looked really good in camp last year. But the thing he said that just reinforced how he evaluates the quarterback position. Let me see if it's in my notes as I was listening. He said that when Brock got in there, even with his one or two reps, he was, quote, like a machine. He executed the play that was called. He didn't try to make the big play, which to me just proves Kyle, all he wants you to do is just do what I tell you to do, whatever it is. If it's a check down, if it's thrown to his slant, whatever it is, just do what I say. And in my eyes, you're going to look great. He doesn't even care if you make a bigger play than what, you know, the first read is. That's not good in his eyes. All he wants is for you to follow his commands at quarterback. And that I I took as a kind of undercut to Trey Lance. If you know what has been said about Trey Lance in practice, by others. I think it was Fred Warner that talked about how frustrating uh, Trey Lance can be in practice because he'll just hold the ball, you know, because they're not actually allowed to sack him. So he'll just pretend like he hasn't gotten sacked and he'll keep waiting and keep waiting. And then suddenly he hits the deep shot and he's like, you know, gloating and celebrating when he held the ball for seven seconds. I don't remember the exact quote from, from, I think it was Fred Warner last year talking about that towards the end of the year. But that's exactly what Trey Lance does. And Kyle just talked about how he doesn't like that, that just play the system. Whereas it seems like Trey Lance is more the, oh, this isn't going well. I'm I'm just going to go off script here and look for the deep shot. Imagine that. Whoa, what a terrible, what a terrible way to play quarterback. There's you, a guy you, know, Kansas, you, could, you could win a Super Bowl doing that. There's a guy in Kansas City that does a pretty good job of that from time to time. But that's what Kyle wants. All he wants you to do. I mean, what did they tell Brock after the season, right? Hey, you got a little bit away from what we're telling you to do. Listen to what we do. Make sure you throw it where we tell you to throw it. When we tell you to throw it there. It's frustrating. 
the other part that was frustrating was Kyle Shanahan's comments about like what he was thinking in the NFC Championship game. I was just hoping Brock wasn't hurt as bad as they were saying. He told you. We know this for a fact. He told you, <laughs> I can't throw the ball. And you kept hoping he could? Like, what? Well, Kyle said that he didn't even realize, like, he still thought they could win the game until there was about, like, two minutes left and the Eagles had, like, 30, 35 points, whatever it was. And then, like, he he, he literally said, he told the coaches in the headset, guys, I don't think we can come back in this. It's like, no crap, Kyle. You haven't been able to throw a pass in the entire second half. But that's how they think, right? Like, they, they're just hardwired to just think that you'll find a way. It's It's actually a good thing. Like, I like that he's thinking like that. I like that he didn't just immediately give up. It's just funny to hear him say, like, how his mind was working it. Like, what do you think the coach's reaction was when he said that in the game? Like, yeah, dude, we know. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a little bit of tunnel vision that's good when you're in the midst yeah. of the game. I agree. I thought that was interesting. Um, and you can tell also from the conversation Kyle had with Tim Kawakami, he thinks they should have at least one Super Bowl, if not two. Like he talked, he mentioned like four plays out of the Rams NFC championship game. He was like, this, 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 and this go different. Like we should have a title. But I think his overall comment was like, it's one thing if you play the NFC championship game and you don't make those plays and you get beat the Eagles game last year, like we talked about was like taken away from them. And so that was like a different thing. And it was harder to process and get over. I, I would sympathize to that. It's really hard when, you feel like you didn't go out and you got beat. You went out and you were dealt a you know deck of cards that were unwinnable. You know it's like right. when you're you're playing any game, you want a chance to actually win. It, you don't want to play a game where there's zero percent chance you can win, and that's what it's got to feel like to him is that they had to go out and play a game on the biggest stage that they literally had no chance of winning. Yeah, uh, and Akad, did you catch this too? Kyle said he was thinking during the game, as Jesse Naylor from Last Second Sports brings up here in the comment, Bolo Ty Rivers is the 49ers quarterback in the Super Bowl would have been a movie. That was the plan in Kyle's mind. Like, hey, just we'll get through this game and we'll see if Philip Rivers can play for us for the Super Bowl. Can you imagine what that would have been like if all of a sudden the 49ers are bringing in retired Philip Rivers who can barely throw the ball anymore, who would be with the team for two weeks and go out and try and win the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. It would have been unbelievable. See, I think there's a bigger takeaway from that. He said, I wasn't confident Jimmy would be back. Or I didn't, uh, I wasn't under the impression that Jimmy would be back. Like, hmm, did they know that he actually needed surgery? Remember well, that? I mean, there was that whole snap with the Raiders. Like, right. why, why were you confident that he wouldn't be back when the reports are, you were hoping he would be back for the NFC championship game. So you give him two weeks and you're still sitting there saying that you didn't think you'd be able to make it back. That, that's, that, that's a weird, weird one there that I wish there was a follow-up. Clearly the 49ers medical staff, uh, not at their best in that moment. Yeah. Jimmy definitely would have been able, ready to go. He couldn't even pass a physical with the Raiders until he had surgery. So yeah, months later, it would have been Philip river that, oh man, that alternate universe. I almost, I almost, if they had played that Super Bowl and lost with Phillip Rivers, like, can you even be mad about it? Again, it's like a weird situation. Okay, first off, they would have definitely lost. This is Phillip Rivers, who (laughs) never even made it into a Super Bowl and only ever made one conference championship game when he had LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates most of his career. So, yeah. 
Um, okay, let's get into some of the other stuff that was said in the press conference yesterday. Uh, John Lynch on Nick Bosa and that contract situation. I would expect he's not here to start off. We're working. We're having really good communication with Brian Arault. He's got good, competent, and, and you know, um, people we have an immense amount of respect for working for him. And we're working diligently to try to, uh, to come to an agreement. Um, I think the challenges, you're talking about a real special player, you're talking about one of the better players in the league. You could argue that could simplify things, but I think at times it's just finding that sweet spot and where the right spot. And we're committed to, uh, to working towards that. Um, just spoke with Brian this morning. You, you know, we're also committed. You guys might have heard Mike Brown today. We're, we're going to keep things private. I, I always appreciated that as a player. So that's where things stand with Nick Bosa. Hey, hey, 49ers, you know where the sweet spot is? Pay the f***ing man. That's where the <laughs> sweet spot is. You got no argument not to pay the guy whatever he wants. Thirty, Give him $35 million, guarantee a bunch of it, and get over yourselves and get the guy in camp. Because guess what? If you have a Super Bowl, you think you have a Super Bowl, you don't mess around and have your best player not being there because you want to try to save an extra million dollars when the guy deserves what he's asking for, whatever it is, just pay it and be done with it. Uh, it's like John Malkovich pay that man his money. Like, yes, I agree completely with you. Like, what are you really haggling over with Nick Bosa? Does he really want 15, 20 million more than you would really like to pay him? Like, get it done. Stop talking about how great of a situation you're in because you have no no expensive quarterback on the team. If that's the case, pay Nick Bosa the extra million dollars and let's go. Like, I, I, and it could be the thing where, like, both sides are puffing out their chest and they're doing that thing and they're digging in. And then when the deadline comes, yeah. the Niners are just... that was last month. Training camp started. Get the guy here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they care if he's not, if he's holding out. It, it's, Nick Bosa is a one-of-one. One yes. Because... He's going to be better prepared being by himself than he is if he's with the team. But I don't care. There is something to be said for getting him together. And you have a new defensive coordinator. Get him in camp. Antonio. Oh, boy. I apologize in advance for this. Iniguez says there's nothing to worry about with the Nick Bosa contract negotiations. They are going to extend him. It's pretty simply a matter of when they do it. Yeah, but the problem is, like you just said, Levin, we're at the when. The when is now. So get it done. And maybe they will, but uh, I was really hoping that they would have announced that yesterday. Like, hey, we've got a deal. Uh, but it was in instead it was, well, it's really complicated. It's not that complicated, John. It really isn't. We know where the defensive line salaries are, right? With Aaron Donald and Joey Bosa and some of the other guys that have gotten deals. Miles Garrett. Mm -hmm. Give Bosa a little more than that. And be done. It's not that hard. And yeah, there's like structure and things that have to be worked out. But I ultimately think once you settle on the number, you can settle on a structure. It doesn't have to be this complicated. Just get it done. Yeah. I don't know if they're fighting over everything or if it's just the guaranteed money because there was, uh, I can't remember who, who put out the tweet, but the most guaranteed money at signing that the Niners have ever given is like $41 million, yet the going rate for this type of contract for an edge rusher is over $100 million. Oh, yeah, he's going to get that. That might be their sticking point because that's what the Niners MO. They, they might pay you in terms of your average annual value, the going rate for the market, but then they have all these outs built in and they have all this guaranteed money structuring to where they can get out in a year or two, like we see with Debo. 
they can get out of Debo's contract this next season and actually save money in the cap. Bosa is probably saying, screw you, that you don't get any outs here. But like that's not they're not the same person, right? We right. don't know what what Debo Samuel is going to show up year to year. Are we going to get 2021 Debo? Or are we going to get Debo in 2022 where he shows up out of shape and injured and we don't know when he can't run routes or whatever and we don't know what we're going to get. With Nick Bosa, you don't have that, okay? He's a professional. They don't even like worry about his injury rehab. They just let him do his own thing and he's been great. He was amazing coming off a knee injury, amazing coming off a major knee injury and he was even better last year reigning defensive player of the year. So I don't want to hear like, oh, we're the 49ers. We don't give out that much guaranteed money. How many other defensive players of the year have you had to sign to a new contract? Like, I'm not everybody else. And the sooner you realize that, John Lynch, the sooner this thing gets done. Uh, I don't mean this as a slight to Debo, but I think this is a good way to sum it up. Debo wants to be one of the best wide receivers in the league right now. Nick Bosa wants to be one of the best defensive ends of all time. He has a different goal. He And that, that comes from being a, a player's son, having an older brother that plays at an all-pro level, and coming in and knowing my goal here is not to be one of the best players in the league. My goal here is to be one of the best players of all time. JJ on YouTube says, I assume the only holdup with Bosa is his history of injuries. I don't yeah. even know that he has like that many. He has the knee injury. He yeah. has a couple significant injuries, but – you're not signing him through his age 36 season. You're signing him to the point that I think five year, he'd be what? 31. But also, are you worried about Nick? But like he already had the devastating injury that we all clutch our, you know, pearls and hope doesn't happen. Like the worst thing that can happen has already happened. Not to say that it couldn't happen again, but like usually that doesn't happen to guys twice. It's pretty rare for it to happen multiple times. Um, I mean, I just, there's no excuse not to get it done. No excuse. Check it off the list. We've been talking about it for two years. John Lynch has said multiple times, hey, we budgeted for this, right? Well, then if you budgeted for it, what the hell is taking so long, right? If you want to buy a new TV and you know the new TV costs $2,000 and you save up to have $2,000 in your budget, you don't need to wait. You go to the damn store, you pick out the TV and you set it up and you watch some television. Like, what are we doing? Are you continuing two thousand dollars on a TV? That that was what I got took from that. Who the hell spends two thousand dollars on a TV in this day and age? I would. Have you? Can you tell I've been shopping for a new television? Two thousand dollar television? Well, I mean, look, I, I shop for what I like, and then I see the price later. But I'm not going to sacrifice quality. I'll tell you that right now. TV is important. TV is important. Is it that important that you need to see every pimple on somebody's face? Yes, absolutely. If I can, I want to. Jason Tillman watching on YouTube. Thank you very much for the super chat. One day there will be a 30 for 30 about Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Mm, more like Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Or and... Trey Lance and Mac Jones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this That 30 for 30 will happen in one scenario. They win a damn Super Bowl. They don't win a Super Bowl in the next year or two with one of these two quarterbacks. Nobody cares about the team that almost made it except for the you know, one of one situation of the Buffalo Bills going to four straight Super Bowls. By the way, shout out to Ellis 10, who says Samsung. I agree with you. I like a Samsung TV. Uh, oh, sorry. I put up the wrong one. The comments are coming in so fast. How about them? Niners says they're probably negotiating the guaranteed amount of the contract. I would agree with that. Um, and then somebody else. Is said, this how big of a TV you're looking for? 
100 inches for 2k are, no. are you are you compensating for something looking for that big of a tv i want a 65 <laughs> inch because that's what i have now but my tv yeah. now is like on the fritz so yeah. I, I you can never go smaller when it comes to a tv like once you go up in size to whatever size you're at 32 right. 23 yeah. you can't then downgrade no 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 so now we're at 65 inches that's pretty much like as big as my entertainment center can can stand so i want a 65 inch i think i want it to be a samsung some people are saying OLED. Okay, I'll take a look at all the things. But I, I go around and look for the features I want, and then I look at the price. And if I have to save up for it, then I just save up for it. How do you do it? <laughs> uh, I look at the market, and I look at the market, and I look at the market. I'm somebody that, if it's a purchase of more than like $50, I end up becoming obsessed and researching and researching until I find the deal I want. Uh, but I am not somebody that needs the most advanced TV. I don't give two shits about 4k over HD. I really don't. I don't. I, I know I'm not there. I know I'm not sitting in the stadium. I know I'm not watching these people act out the TV show for real. Okay. It needs to be good enough that I see it and it has good lighting and all of that. I don't need to be able to see the pores on their face. I right. could so care less. You shop for TVs the way Kyle Shanahan shops for quarterbacks. You're just <laughs> looking for good enough. Just want to meet a minimum level of performance. And I, that's I will you... say this. I will never, ever, ever buy a Vizio again. I've had Vizio for the last like 10 years, a couple different versions, you know, a couple different ones. This most recent one, which I bought three years ago, their menu system drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> like little things, little things like this. And when you have a three-year-old who wants the TV on all the time, it's a little bit of a bigger deal. But if I like play video games and I turn off the Xbox and there's no way to turn off this setting, I turn off the Xbox, right? Mm -hmm. It will sit. And even if I turn off the damn TV, I will manually turn off the TV. It has a countdown that doesn't stop. And after 60 seconds, it will want to go back to the homepage, which turns the TV back on. <laughs> That's terrible. So there's literally been times where I I'm going, you know, I'll go upstairs. I'm going to bed after playing some video games or something. And I turn off the lights and I can see a glow and I'm like, mother effer, that TV is on. I got to go downstairs because what you have to do is you have to hit the home button to get it to home, then turn it off because it wants to say, oh, there's no import on this channel. So I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to go to home and there's no way to change that setting. And then their homepage has so much effing crap on it. It sits in lags all the time. And it's not my internet. I have a top of the line internet. Like it, it, I, I cannot stand Vizio. They, they lost me, and I, I'm already pressuring my wife to get a new one, even though there's nothing wrong with this one. Kenny says, my son broke my 65-inch TV, replaced it with a 55-inch. It lasted two weeks before I had to go back up to 65. Going darn was jarring. Absolutely. I completely agree. Nick Ellert says, I don't think I've ever spent over $500, and I have a 65-inch TV. Well, I don't want to watch TV with you, Nick, because I bet I have, I have a 65-inch I spent. I got it. See, I wait. I wait for the deal. A lot of times I end up buying around Black Friday and stuff. I got a Vizio that's normally like 750 for 400 on Black Friday. It would be four years ago this Thanksgiving. Let me just give this advice, and I don't know if I've ever given it on the pod before. Maybe I have. I apologize if I did, but if I haven't, if you are going to make any big purchase and you can apply this to free agents at the 49ers sign, you can apply it to whatever. We're not talking football here. If you are going to make a, a purchase of an amount of money that matters to you, 
Here is your guide, okay? Ask yourself three questions before you buy. And if you can answer yes to two of them, you should always buy it. You'll never regret it. The first question, do I love it? Pretty simple. It should be a very quick answer. If you have to debate, you don't love it. That's the first question. Do I love it? Second question, do I need it? Third question, is it a good deal? If you answer yes to two of those questions, you will never regret the purchase, right? Because if you love it and you need it, who cares if it's a good deal? Because you love it and you need it. If you need it and it's a good deal, you don't have to love it. And if you love it and it's a good deal, who cares if you need it? That is the strategy. I am telling you, use it in your life. It will never let you down. Here's a little window into me. Other than like food, because you can't really haggle on food. Uh, I would say I've probably not spent full price on anything in long, long, long time. I will sit and research and research and research until I find the one place that has a sale going on. Like I will spend hours and hours. I will keep going around. If I have, you know, for a TV, for instance, oh, I want this TV. Well, that one I can't find any deal on. Is there another TV that has the exact same specs that I can go find a deal on? Yeah, you're a deal hunter. That's fine. I don't think that's the best way to go about it. What's good says you would only know if you love it down the line, though. No, that's why you got to do your research, right? You got to do your research. No, no. Kyle, I, I am sure he would have. He thought at the time he was going to love Trey Lance, but it's pretty damn clear he doesn't. So, well, he hasn't. He can't know that. He hasn't even. That's like buying a TV and keeping it in the friggin' box. He hasn't even played it, so <laughs> he doesn't know. Uh, uh, what is this comment from Tua Lore? Tawa Lore. I apologize if I say your name wrong. Rob, did you see the short audio Jesse posted on his last second sports? What Kyle said about his confidence in Brock Purdy? I did not, but I think that Kyle is extremely confident in Brock Purdy. He talked about how he gained that confidence throughout last year that Brock just continually basically told him that he is the guy. And I, I, he even said it. He's even more confident in Brock Purdy now after reviewing things than he was last year. Uh, sure. <laughs> I, I'm still stuck on this TV. Like, uh, how, how big of a TV are you going? 65 inches? 65. How the hell are you spending two grand on the 65? It depends what the features are, man. Let me ask you this. As an unemployed person, what is your wife saying to you wanting to spend two grand on a TV? First of all, I prefer the term self-employed as opposed to unemployed. Fair enough. You, you are self-employed. I may be hearing, I'm going to be hearing back about a job I applied for later today. So there you go. Also, JJ so says, we might I have bought, to come back on and just drink. <laughs> when I bought my 80 inch, I thought it would be too big at first. Almost brought it back. So glad I kept it. That's has what she anyone, said. Has, has anyone ever regretted buying a really big TV? Like, no, no. Bigger <laughs> is better when it comes to televisions and nothing else. <laughs> televisions. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Okay. Nick says, Trey Lance is a TV that broke immediately. Doesn't mean a replacement will not work as expected. <sighs> he didn't break immediately. Well, I guess he kind of did. <laughs> but you you spent the time and money to fix the TV. And you're telling me that you love the TV more than ever. And you still won't take it out of the box. That's the problem. Anyway. That's the show. Kyle Shanahan will speak again today after practice, which is probably pretty much now, believe it or not. I think uh, practice was at like 1030 in the morning, something like that. So we'll be hearing yeah, more. It was, from just starting, 
it was starting right about the same time we were coming on. So I think they probably have another half hour or so. So Kyle will have more comments. I will be back live tonight with Grant Cohn at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time. So that'll be the Thursday audio podcast, and we'll do another late stream tonight. So please, please, please join us for that. Like and subscribe to the YouTube page. Check out the website, goldstandardniners.com. Follow Levin on Twitter, at Takes by Levin, or X, or whatever the hell we're supposed to be calling it now. I'm on all the socials, at Stats on Fire. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later tonight.